Jesus is always what interested in individual people. Individual people. He was individual with you, with me. Even though you're in a crowd, he knows who you are. And when he points his finger to you, whoever you may be, you either accept him or you reject his invitation. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today, Raul will point out that while it's easy to get sidetracked by the many festivities of the season, there's truly just one reason to rejoice. Jesus sought us to come and save us from sin and free us from the weight of death. Because of Him, we have hope for the future. Today's lesson is titled, Jesus, the Seeker of the Lost. Let's listen as Raul Reese begins. Here Jesus already has been born. He's coming from the Galilee, and he's coming. Those of you that have been to Israel with us, he's coming in the back part of the desert when you come down by the Jordan River, and he's coming through Jericho. When he gets to Jericho, he's walking to Jericho, and the multitude of people are lined up because they heard that he's coming to town. And there was one man, very short man, that couldn't see, so he climbed up on a tree. To see Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he said, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down, go home, and prepare a party for me, and I'll be there and invite all your sinful friends. I love that story. Because we see not only the hand of God, how Jesus is aware of every one of us and interested in every one of our lives. Not just one person. And I think that as we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have not a job. We have a call to not only share the gospel with people. Because if we don't share the truth of Jesus Christ, they're going to die with the lie. Once you die, it's over. And we are responsible in this age, as in any age, to be loving and kind, to have not only a heart of passion, To have a vision for those in your families, for those that are outside of your family. Those that you work with, those that are your bosses, or you're a boss, your employees. In the high schools, in the junior high schools, in the colleges. Wherever we go, there are sinners. Let's read the text this morning from the Luke's Gospel, the Gospel of Luke chapter 19, verse 1. He says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and now behold, there was a man named Basaikias, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Now imagine this, here is Zacchaeus, he's like Matthew, he's a tax collector. Tax collectors in that day, maybe like today, they were hated, because they would rip off people. They worked for Rome, and Rome would get a percentage of their finances, and then they would charge extra amount so they can become rich. So the people were getting ripped off. The people were the ones to pay, to pay for the government, to pay for the spending of government, to spend just like today, misusing the money that is given to them. 
And yet this tax collector standing there, he heard about Jesus. And then he goes on to say this in verse 3. He says, and he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because the crowd, he was a short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, he saw him, and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Now, a couple of things caught my eye. Not only is Zacchaeus short, so if you're short, don't feel bad. Okay? You could always climb a tree. But... <laughs> But what's really cool is when he climbs the tree, he never met Zacchaeus, but because he's God, he knew him by name. He knew him by name, just like he knows your name, my name. And then as he climbed up on a tree, imagine all the people when he has a multitude of people. And Jesus, mark this in your hearts, Jesus is always what interested in individual people. Individual people. He was individual with you, with me. Even though you're in a crowd, he knows who you are. And when he points his finger to you, whoever you may be, you either accept him or you reject his invitation. Listen to what he says also. So he made haste, came down, and received them joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Now you know who that is, right? The Pharisees. It's Christ, the Sadducees. They could not stand Jesus, especially when he actually dwelt with sinners. That was his mission. Not the righteous or the self-righteous. Those that needed salvation, those they were hurting, those that were going through so many problems, like today, any one of us here. Which demonstrate that Jesus is conscious of every one of us individually. And he will, no matter what time it is, no matter what year it is, no matter where you are, if you call upon his name, he will be there for you. And I think that as believers, we need to understand that salvation is given to anybody that comes to him. Look at what else he says in verse 8 now. And then Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord. I'll give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. Notice the next thing. What does he do? He repents, and now he wants to give back what he stole from people. That's repentance. He wants to do what's right. There is a true born-again person. Just in a few seconds, he became born again of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't tell anything to him. He didn't say nothing to him. He got so convicted by Jesus being there. He says, Lord, if I have stolen anything by taxation more than anybody else, I will give it back to them even four times more. He did not love his money. He began to love Jesus. Jesus was the most important thing in his life. So he takes him home. He invites all his sinners' friends, and they come, and they sit, or they recline on tables, sitting on pillows. No forks, no spoons, no knives, no napkins, and they begin to fellowship. 
with Jesus. So when you look at Jesus as the Savior of the world, He came to what? To seek those that were lost. We were all lost. Without hope. Without anything in this life eternally and spiritually. Until Jesus Christ found each one of us individually. In what circumstance or whatever problem we were going through. And even as we were ready to commit suicide. Jesus. He's the only one. And the reason, number one, is because of his pre-existence. When you go back and you look at Jesus' pre-existence. Number one, his pre-existence already was affirmed in the Old Testament. Listen, in Psalm 2-7, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. The father had a mission for his son. And confirms it and affirms it that he is the son. Secondly, he was Christ himself to confirm, I am the Mashiach. In John 8, 58, he said, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham, I am. I am takes you, what? Takes you back to the book of Exodus chapter 3. When Moses was looking at the burning bush, And the burning bush spoke and said, The ground you're standing on is holy ground. Take off your dirty sandals and then approach me. And when Moses came to the bush, God spoke to him. And when he came to that place where Moses said he wanted him to go back to Egypt, he said, Who shall I said send me? And here it comes. Tell them I am that I am. Which he's telling the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, I am God. I am the same God of Moses. I am that I am. And then thirdly, it was proclaimed by the apostles. Paul says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible Invisible were the thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things consist or are held together. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the first one from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Notice the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell in Him. Wow. Jesus. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For more faith-enriching resources, visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165. You can also join Rawl for Scripture-based Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. West Coast time. Now back to the final part of our study today, Jesus, the Seeker of the Lost. Second point is about His birth. Number one, it was predicted by Isaiah the prophet 750 years before. And now it would be 2,700 years. Imagine how God's word comes to fulfillment. He says in Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son 
and shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Isaiah 7, 14. Secondly, it was fulfilled in Matthew. Here it is, Matthew 1, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother was, notice, betrothed to Joseph. He says, before they came together sexually, she was found with a child with the Holy Spirit. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ, just like Isaiah prophesied about that. Nobody touched Mary. The Holy Spirit did. And then the third point, how about his attributes that are given to us? He is all-powerful. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. All authority belongs to me. Why? Because I am God. And then how about his eternity, his eternal? In John 1, 1. In the beginning was the word Logos. And the Logos was with God. And the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made. Notice that He had made. And in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And then you think about His mission. As we see here in the Gospel of Luke. His mission was not only to go to the Sea of Galilee and minister there. His mission was to come down to Jericho. And as he came down to Jericho, all the people were presently before him. And there's one guy there that is rich. And I guarantee you, people hated him. And then all of a sudden, something triggered in his heart. Jesus is coming to town. And he probably thought, I'm going to go see this Jesus. Let's see who he is. And he climbs up into this tree. And as Jesus makes his way into this Jericho streets... He's standing up there looking out and there was something, something that touched his heart. Just like us. What touched your heart? When you came to Jesus Christ, what were you doing? Where were you? What were you intending to do in your life? Did somebody witness to you or through television or radio or reading the newspaper? Or how did you come to Christ? And it's important because if somebody shared the gospel with you, think if somebody else would have never ever shared the gospel with you, would you be here today? You were obedient immediately to come to Christ. And his mission was to save people. But his mission also was to do God's will, the will of the Father. Just like us, God has called us to do what? To do the will of Him that saved us. To be obedient. To be kind, to be loving. All these things that God has given to each one of us individually. In John 6, 38 it says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Remember in Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go you and make disciples, notice, go you and make disciples of all these people. He called you and I to make disciples. And here the Father sent him into the world so that the world through him may believe in him. And then secondly, He came to save sinners like you and I. He says in Luke 19.10 again. For the Son of Man has come, notice, to seek. To seek what? To seek and to save the lost. 
the lost. Nobody will be excused on the day of judgment and say, I did not get an opportunity. Man, with modern technology, can you imagine all the opportunities? And so for us, it's important that as we're here today, that we realize that it's not by coincidence, but that the Lord over the years has brought us as we responded to salvation and we gave our hearts to him and said, Jesus, I will. I will do it. And the reason is because he came to save the world. He came to save those that are lost in sin, with pride and arrogance. And if they don't find Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, then you'll never see them again. And then thirdly, it was to bring an everlasting righteousness. Everlasting righteousness. Daniel 9.24. He talks about the 70 weeks. It says, 70 weeks are determined for the people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision in prophecy, and to anoint the most holy one, Jesus. That's the prophecy of the 490 years where in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2, 1, to the book of Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus enters the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. And they're crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Out of the 490 years, 483 years were fulfilled. It started in March 14, 445 B.C. And April the 6th, 32 A.D. It was completed. But you said 490. I did. Seven years left. Those are the last seven years of world history that have never been fulfilled yet. And the reason is because the presence of the church in the world. For 1,900 years. 1,900 years. Jesus. Coming into the world. Having everlasting righteousness. Fourthly. He came to destroy. Get this. The works of the devil. To destroy the work. The devil is, man, is on a short leash. He's running out of time. And he knows it. And all of his demons. So he is furious. And he's going about to try to get as many more people. Millions of people to take them to hell and then to be thrown into the lake of fire. Hebrews 2.14 Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the saying that through death Jesus might destroy him, Satan, who had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil, Lucifer, son of the morning star. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. Let me give you a couple of things in conclusion. Because this is real important. Uh, what do we see through salvation? That God spares us from wrath. We don't have to go to the wrath of God. Romans 5.8 says, Much more than having not been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more now, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Wow. We have received reconciliation. Two, he saves us from sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin condemns us. Sin makes us go to hell. John one twenty nine, 
And the next day John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me is coming a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came to baptize with water. And remember, Jesus came down and was baptized by John, and the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then the voice said, What? This is my beloved Son, in whom I may well please. The Trinity of God, Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. There at his baptism, saving us from sin. Thirdly, he came to save you and me from death. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to Mary, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you really believe this, Mary? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Mashiach, the Son of God, who is to come into this world. Jesus. To come into this world, even Mary confessing it. And then, fourthly, he saves us from Satan's power, as we read in 2.14 already. He saves us from Satan's power. And then fifthly, he says this. He saves us from eternal death again. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Wow. Everlasting life given to us. If you're uncertain about giving your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, we encourage you to make the leap of faith like Zacchaeus did and say yes to the Savior who is calling you by name. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's teaching in its complete form, just call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send a copy to you for a donation of $5 or more. Once again, the title of today's lesson is Jesus, the Seeker of the Lost. For more insight into who Jesus is and what qualifies Him to rescue you from sin's bondage, we'd like to tell you about a helpful resource from Rawl, titled The Birth of Jesus Christ. This four-lesson series is conveniently available on both CD and USB. Your faith will deepen as you delve into the miraculous events leading up to the quiet Bethlehem night that changed everything for the world. To order Rawls' four-part series titled The Birth of Jesus Christ, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you the USB thumb drive for $10 or the CD collection for $18. The number once again is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We also invite you to utilize our many free resources. Our app features live-streamed Bible teaching, as well as a variety of study helps to direct your personal devotions. To download a podcast of any of these programs, check us out on iTunes and Spotify. And if you have Bible questions or prayer requests for Rawl, his personal email address is pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. And if you'd like someone to pray with you to begin a relationship with Jesus, don't hesitate to call us at 800-634-9165. This is a listener-supported ministry. We're funded solely through the generosity of our listening partners, and every gift is tax-deductible. 
Next time, we'll return to the pages of the Bible for more life-giving truth that will help us walk with the Lord Jesus. Now, here's Rawl with a closing word. And finally, he saves us from the past to the present to the future. Listen, Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So if we work through for our salvation, what will we do? We will have bragging sessions. How we came to know the Lord through works. But it's not, it's by faith. Secondly, for the present, 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, present, it is the power of God. The power of God, salvation. So imagine Zacchaeus standing there on the tree, seeing Jesus, coming to know him, jumping down, going home, telling his servants, prepare dinner because Jesus is coming to our house. And then going out and inviting his friends, hey, guess what, we're having a party, come and hear Jesus. And when they came to the house, imagine Jesus comes and he sits among them, not apart from them. We're not of the world, but we need to be in the world because we work, we live, we have our movement, but we're not part of the world. We don't partake anymore of the, what, the things that sinners partake of. We've been born again of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, whoever's in Christ Jesus becomes what? A new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.